Welcome to TV7 Israel's podcast. We invite you to listen and share our latest content from Israel and the region. Shalom and welcome to Editor's Note. I'm Yair Pinto, and together with me, as always, is Jonathan Hassin, TV7 Editor-in-Chief. How are you doing? Praise God. Good to be here, Yair. It's great to have you here. And today we're going to do a weekly overview of the events that happened in Israel, in the Middle East, also in Europe, everything that affects, the, of course, the peace of Jerusalem. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of, a lot of stuff. But uh, let's start by praying. And I would like also to invite our viewers back at home to join me in prayer that God will lead us today uh, and bless uh, this program. Our Father in heaven, thank you that you are good and loyal. Thank you that you are in control. We'd like to invite you to this program to be with us. We'd like to invite you to the hearts of, of our viewers. Really uh, bless what we say and touch the hearts of everybody who is uh, watching this show. Please bless uh, Jonathan, myself, the team here in Jerusalem. Give us uh, health and our families to keep us safe. And bless all those who are affected by the situation in uh, Ukraine and in general in the world. B'Shem Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen. And Jonathan, before we dive into all the topics that we had uh, to discuss today, I think it's really important uh, also to, to ask our viewers back at home, to please uh, join us on social media. If you have questions regarding editor's notes, stuff that you want us to discuss, please voice them and write a comment, you know, like, share. This really helps us to spread the truth of what we do here to more people around the world. So this was very important for me to, you know, to start by asking the people to take an active role in helping us share the truth of what we do here. Indeed. Uh, no, absolutely. It's uh, very important, as uh, you know, and, and many of our viewers know, there are algorithms created in order to uh, boost content that, uh, that is more likely to draw people to watch it. More, time, uh, more minutes per view is uh, worth more money for uh, the, the various social platforms because usually they uh, promote it and market all kind of uh, commercials for different uh, uh, for-profit entities. We, of course, do not put any commercials on our social platform, so there is not much interest yes. in uh, promoting this. Nonetheless, when uh, you really take into account all of the various algorithms, which is basically the code uh, that has been uh, written in order to encourage more viewership and uh, gain more traction for specific videos, uh, if you would just write, you know, uh, there are plenty of people who do write, yes. but if you just write, Shalom, I'm from uh, uh, the Netherlands or Germany or uh, Ghana or, or South yeah. America, it doesn't matter where you're from, uh, voice, it's also encouraging to us to see all those different people from all over the world, from uh, the Pacific to uh, uh, the, the uh, other end. Uh, which is the United States, of course. Uh, we see so many people from all over the world. Also, uh, shalom to our Iranian viewers and yes. uh, to our Saudi viewers. And uh, 
we do see exactly where everybody's watching from, of course, not concretely who are the individuals, but we receive general data about mm -hmm. the different people watching from uh, all over, um, including from Saudi Arabia, from Syria, from Lebanon. And uh, honestly, it's, it's encouraging to see that what we're doing is not only uh, uh, being studied keenly, uh, but is, is serving as an encouragement and also as a tool to understand better what's happening and how to pray for the situation and how to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, which mm -hmm. Psalm 122. So uh, uh, encouragingly yeah. uh, provides us because it also comes with a reward to it. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, that, that's good. Yeah, no, definitely. Okay, so we had an interesting week. You know, the three main topics of this week were, of course, the Russia-Ukraine conflict. So we're going to touch base on that. Second one is the Iran nuclear deal. Where are we standing? Is it kind of stalled or is it developing? What's going on with that? And then the third thing is the terror attack that happened in Beersheba, an Israeli southern city, and by uh, Islamic State member. You know, Islamic State, is it back? We, you know, we thought it kind of, you know, we didn't hear about it lately, and now we hear this big terror attack, so there's something going on. So you can mm -hmm. take the lead and maybe start, but uh, I'll ask uh, our director to put the map on the screen so you can give an understanding of uh, the Europe situation first. And, uh, well, actually, I will start close to home. Okay. Uh, we'll go to Be'er Sheva, uh, where um, the city happens to be, or at least it's defined as the capital of the Negev, uh, yes. of the desert region of Israel, the southern part. Uh, it has uh, uh, grown substantively. Uh, much of uh, uh, the global high-tech uh, companies, uh, IBM and, and so on and so forth, they uh, entered there into a very big uh, high-tech area mm -hmm. uh, that was established with uh, uh, the most advanced um, uh, technological infrastructure mm. that uh, was built just to give an idea uh, before Jerusalem had fiber internet Beersheba was the pilot city for that specifically so it it indicates that uh, you know there, there, there are big plans uh, to revive the desert to turn it from a desolate uh, area where uh, no life uh, endures other than Bedouin tribes and, and mm. uh, various nomad um, communities, uh, it turned into an oasis. Uh, there's uh, uh, beautiful greenery and, and flowers, and uh, uh, we call it the Romadom every year. Yeah, yeah, the the southern red, which is uh, hills upon hills upon hills that are just covered in red flowers which is beautiful. Uh, of course, you can look up uh, on the internet to yeah. see uh, what we're talking about. Also, Israel uh, you know, made a few years ago already a big project to move all the army bases to the, to the not Negev. All, not all. A lot of it, yeah. Uh, the, the, the largest territorial contingent uh, of the state of Israel is in the Negev. Mm -hmm. So obviously, they're going to utilize it for multiple uh, angles. Um, there are plenty of bases in the center, in the north, and everywhere. Uh, but uh, 
utilizing a lot of empty lens obviously provides uh, added value also from a security perspective. Now going to mm -hmm. the situation, obviously as we reported last week, uh, you know, uh, a, an Islamist inspired by the Islamic State, um, he was for a better uh, part, actually, he had to conclude the whole four years uh, in prison after trying to encourage not only um, his surrounding, but children in his class while teaching. He was a teacher, he right? He was a school teacher uh, in Khula, uh, which is a, a, a Bedouin mm -hmm. village, uh, of course, uh, uh, as our viewers have heard us say before, Bedouin tribes are separate. They're not necessarily uh, related. And there is also sometimes animosity between the Bedouin tribes. Yeah. So you have the northern Bedouin tribes who are much more engaged and part of the state of Israel. Many of them go to the military. Uh, some of the best trackers uh, in the military are Bedouins, yes. uh, and they are very loyal to the state of Israel and to their surrounding. Yeah, trackers are, are, I think, one of the coolest, you know, jobs in the army. They just find a footprint, and then they can track it for miles and find that person the, or that animal or who had it, and they know how much you weighed if you carried a bag and stuff like that, just to give a bit of... You know, when, when you learn uh, to, to read maps and to... Uh, follow through on them, uh, whether it is in military academies or uh, in the military service proper, uh, you also learn how to engage with your environment. And of every environment is very different. So when you have a tracker in the south who knows how to read uh, desert terrain, uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that he is an expert on mountainous uh, forest terrains. So the various Bedouin tribes, uh, because of their historic uh, nomad capacity as communities, are very, very good at that. And also in the south, even though the tribe of the north or the tribes of the north and the tribes of the south are unrelated, because in the north, the various tribes are related by marriage and mm -hmm. by uh, common history. Uh, in the south, they are also, many of them, are related to the Bedouin tribes in the Sinai. Yes. So there is a lot of connection there. Uh, again, not all of them, because there are Bedouin tribes in the south who are then again related to the Bedouin tribes in Jordan, in the southern part of Jordan. So you can see there is a lot of complexities from the nature that is built. Now, among those people, um, in the south in particular, also uh, in neighboring, you know, in, in Sinai and... Uh, elsewhere, they are influenced by what uh, their relatives, so to speak, on the other end of the border may influence them with. Yes. And one of those things was, of course, you know, you have Daesh, uh, the Islamic State in uh, the district of Sinai, they mm. call it. Wilayat Sina. Wilayat means district, district in Arabic. Sinai, yeah. Sina is the Arabic word for Sinai. And uh, they have been very active, especially since uh, the fall of uh, the uh, various um, Muslim Brotherhood-related entities within 
uh, Egypt mm -hmm. after Hamad Mulsi was uh, ousted. Uh, ousted after he tried to uh, um, redesign the constitution of Egypt for the interests of the Muslim Brotherhood as a whole, mm -hmm. and him in particular, so he may maintain the reins of power in Cairo as his predecessor, uh, who, whom he also ousted, uh, yeah. you know, uh, Mubarak, who was there for a better part of 30-some years. When you really look at the, the construct, so they were called, this specific militia in, in Egypt, in the Sinai, was called Ansar Bet al-Maqdis. Mm -hmm. In 2014, after Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, who was the leader of uh, the Islamic State, who was somebody who actually came out of uh, Al-Qaeda, okay? And, and Al-Qaeda in Iraq was always considered to be the most unloyal part of the Al-Qaeda components throughout the Middle East. Uh, there were various groups who then started to recognize, okay, where the sands shifting to? They're currently engaged with the Muslim Brotherhood, they have lost traction in, specifically, Egypt because of the uh, ousting of Hosni, uh, the, the uh, Hamad Mulsi. And then Turkey and Qatar, who are more supportive of, of the Muslim Brotherhood, have lost their capacity to also back the Muslim Brotherhood in, in Egypt because yep. there was a very systematic crackdown on this organization that is trying to conquer the world, okay? This is their, their ultimate goal. And as you, you see the various timetables and, and events that occurred during that time, in 2014, Ansal Bet al uh, or 2015, closer to mm -hmm. 2015, uh, sent a delegation to Raqqa in Syria, okay? They went to Raqqa in Syria. From there, they continued to Idlib, uh, where today... Still, you have uh, the majority of control there is Al-Qaeda-based, Islamic State-based, very uh, strong presence of those kind of uh, similar militias, alliances of such militias, uh, the leader of what used to be called Jabhat uh, al-Nusra, uh, yeah. okay, the Nusra Front, in they call it in English, in yeah. Syria, which was on the border of Israel, on the northern border of Israel, and was uh, very loyal. It's basically an offshoot, a military offshoot of Al-Qaeda, because the leader today of Al-Qaeda, who is an Egyptian, Adawahiri, he has his commanders, his field commander, so to speak. The field commander of Jabhat al-Nusra was one of Al-Qaeda's field commanders. Mm -hmm. His name is Al-Jolani. What is Al-Jolani? the Golan Heights. Ah, His okay. goal was to conquer the entire Golan Heights, including the Israeli side, by the way. So to put things in, in perspective. Today, this specific in, uh, individual, Al-Jolani, is the commander of Tahrir al-Sham, which controls Idlib. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. So with all this stuff, how does this uh, get back to the Israel? Very good. So <laughs> when uh, these uh, Ansal Bet al-Maktis basically met and, and came to an arrangement, yeah. which has fiscal benefits, they are interested in furthering their goals of controlling Egypt, and therefore they pledged ultimately allegiance at that time to Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi 
which granted them, instead of receiving support from the Muslim Brotherhood, the support of the Islamic State, which gathered money from mm -hmm. all over yes. the world and, of course, also utilized uh, the, the energy uh, plans in Syria and Iraq and, and elsewhere uh, at their behest in order to pay all those various organizations around the world. I see. Okay. Now, the, the territorial control that they had here in, in the Sinai, uh, southwest of here, uh, was primarily in the north, in the northern part. Also an area that is utilized very much for smuggling of drugs, of weapons, of other uh, uh, commodities, yeah. including, by the way, trade of slaves and uh, human trafficking. Human trafficking. Uh, they have been doing that extensively in that area. Um, and organ harvesting. It's wow. really disgusting really? Okay. what's happening there. Uh, they are utilizing everything, and they uh, use that also to smuggle it into Israel, including weapons to Hamas, of course, yes. in the Gaza Strip, and to enable uh, the Islamist Hamas organization, which happens to be an offshoot of the Muslim Brotherhood. Yeah. So in the past, they were a lot more close to one another. Nonetheless, the reason that we bring all this picture together is because the tribal affiliations mm -hmm influence one another. So when tribal affiliations in the Sinai influence the, tri uh, the, the tribes in southern Israel, ultimately there is also indoctrination, they're exposed to a lot of information, and if you're a zealous, a zealous Muslim or, or somebody who is, you know, truly looking according to the Quran, what you should do and how you should do, the Islamic State is quite spot on yeah. on its aspirations, of course, with also its own interests and own historical connotations, uh, trying to manipulate the various um, uh, people in under its influence. And one of those people happens to be yeah, that, that uh, Abul Kian, they call him. 34 now, years old. 34 years old. Abul Kian, Al Kian is... Uh, of course, uh, Kian is the name of his son. Uh, yeah. Abu means the father of, and it's a, an honorary uh, name. Uh, you know, when, when you really look at the, the uh, way he acted in 2015 after trying to indoctrinate the people in his class, the children in his high school, and uh, the different uh, uh, people in his surrounding, obviously... Not everybody in the tribe is interested in the Islamic State because it poses a threat to them. Yeah. It poses a threat on their own influence on their tribesmen because if they suddenly uh, see their, their um, allegiance to such uh, a leader as, as Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi who was thankfully killed, uh, it basically turns their loyalty from their tribal loyalty yes. to a split loyalty because they also want to be good Muslims, in their opinion. Mm -hmm. So uh, he specifically, Abul Kian, sought to travel to Syria, to Iraq, to join the, the, what the Islamic State hoped to create yes. as a caliphate. And uh, he was thankfully captured by uh, Israel's uh, internal uh, security agency, the Shin Bet. Uh, yeah. The Shin Bet in Hebrew, those are the, the initials 
uh, uh, basically it's three initials, but we always use the first two, Shirut Bitachon Klali, the service of general security. security. Okay, that is the, the agency. Uh, it captured him, it interrogated him, he confessed to the fact that he wants to go uh, to uh, Syria and Iraq. Um, he served four years in prison. He served four years in prison and got out. And got out and then... Did you know, and, and one of the issues is that many countries, many um, um, countries in Europe and, and, and elsewhere, uh, they take in those Islamic State, ex-Islamic State fighters, let alone sympathizers, and try to establish correctional facilities. Those same, there are such, some of them who are probably successful, or so do authorities think. Um, but many of them roam the streets, and there is no legal capacity or framework to incarcerate them within democratic societies. Yeah, and then they, they still have the same ideology and Correct. just go back and do the same thing. The Islamic State ideology is not dead because Islam is not dead. Yeah. Okay, and I... I Again, I don't think that every Muslim uh, takes the, the most radical elements from the Quran and then applies them. But uh, within this context, the Islamic State is still very much kicking. It is trying to reestablish itself. It is uh, clearly reevaluating its strategy and, and uh, conceptual understanding of what tactics it should employ within that strategy mm-hmm. uh, because it's inferior from every level except for one, and that is their ability to indoctrinate their surroundings, their yeah. ability to influence uh, people all over the world because there is a worldwide web, of course, social platforms and uh, global internet mm-hmm. platforms. So they can still reach lots of people and young, young people and all ages are seeking for something bigger than when, what liberalism or democracy gives them. Absolutely. And moreover, then they, they see this as a responsibility. Yes. You know, but mm-hmm. nonetheless, it is a responsibility of ours, everybody watching, to look at those uh, platforms, if we, we do go through them, if you see something that is related to uh, terrorism, report it. Mm-hmm. This is very important and we can play an active role. Now, he saw that, he acted upon his aspirations and uh, horrendously murdered um, four individuals, injured two others. Thankfully, they were moderately injured and are slowly improving. But when we really look at the picture, uh, there right now, uh, as we're speaking, 10 new orphans, you know, yes. out there. Uh, because, uh, and obviously also uh, one widow and, and two uh, widowers. So uh, just the, the terrible cost of, of this radical ideology, it is something that uh, still is being combated in Syria, in, in Lebanon, in, in Iraq, Iraq and, and elsewhere. It is also being combated back home uh, in multiple areas, including here in Israel. There are still sympathizers among uh, the, the Muslim communities, the majority of which are not, uh, or the majority of those communities are not sympathizers. They're not party to that. They are not willing to be party to that and are um, 
pretty much outstanding citizens uh, from a a, uh, civilian perspective, Mm -hmm. so to speak, within a democratic society. Now, unfortunately, this was a lot longer than uh, I intended to speak about this topic. But this was uh, interesting. We also didn't discuss much lately on the news and everything about the Islamic State. So it's really important to remember that the ideology is not dead. So, okay, so the leader died and the organization is now not as vocal and as strong as it used to be, but the ideology is still there. Absolutely. And we need to be aware that, you know, another great leader might adopt this ideology and, you know, become big and strong. There was one such leader, of course. uh, He was uh, killed in an operation just uh, last month uh, when uh, CENTCOM uh, special operations uh, units, by the way, from the United States, from Syria, the SDF was part of it, and from Iraq, special forces from Iraq joined the American raid in order to capture the Islamic State terrorist. Uh, wow. So Operation Inherent Resolve has done an outstanding job. Of course, unfortunately, they weren't able to capture him and uh, the specific uh, terrorist uh, committed suicide by blowing himself up, which took with him also uh, a part of his family. These terrorists put their children around them to protect themselves yes. from such a situation, of course, that he's being glorified now as a hero amongst Islamic State terrorists because uh, they see somebody who is willing to sacrifice his own life and and, uh, regardless of of the cost as a hero. So culturally, you know, being boastful about, oh, he was a coward and this and that, what we heard among Western leaders, that doesn't work in Eastern societies here in the Middle East. Um, Nonetheless, you know, when, when we really look at the situation, We need to pray for those people because they have been indoctrinated in a terrible way. Um, They are our enemies, don't get me wrong. They will kill us on sight if they get the opportunity to do so. Mm -hmm. Uh, With that being said, um, we need to pray for our enemies and we need to do so uh, with a open heart because that is what God instructed us to do and and called us to do Mm -hmm. because we should try as Christians to be Christ-like, um, to really, you know, um, seek the nature of God through our own actions and all that we... Yeah, and definitely, and us as, as believers from Western countries, from the United States, from Israel, from Europe, we need to remember that there are many believers in Syria, in Iran, in Lebanon, in all these places that uh, do not have the same freedoms as we have to, you know, to practice our faith. And they are minorities and they are persecuted. And it's really important to remember them and to pray for them because we are one body. We here at TV7, we have uh, My Brother's Keeper. And it's a Mm -hmm. show that follows these specific people who are persecuted. So if you would like back home to tune in to My Brother's Keeper on our website, www.tv7israelnews.com, or on YouTube and our other platforms, you can watch all the episodes and we discuss uh, these, these peoples in uh, Iraq, in Iran, and other places, Turkey, and you can uh, know about them and pray for them. But this is all the time that we have for today. So thank you, Jonathan, for the show. It's a blessing as usual, and God remains in control. Always. Indeed. And thank you to our viewers, and we'll see you next time for another episode of Editor's Note.
Thank you for joining us in another TV7 Israel podcast. For more content, visit our website at tv7israelnews.com or follow us on social media.